The Amazon Synod has left me with some uncomfortable questions to ask, which will be made all the more uncomfortable by the time this weekend comes to a close. The Synod closes on Sunday, October 27th, and at that time we should have a good idea of what these maniacs are trying to do to the church. It has already been leaked that the maniacs want to end clerical celibacy, ordain women as deaconesses, and create out of thin air an Amazonian rite of liturgy that almost certainly incorporates pagan elements in the name of inculturation. These revelations leave me with a question. Do these men even believe? I've asked that before, and I have gotten angry emails from longtime viewers after asking that question, but now I hope that you can ask that same question with me in good conscience. Do they even believe? We have to ask that question because of things we've seen them do at the Synod. We've seen them stand by while consecrated religious and laity adored a pagan idol in a ritual ceremony for the possible enthronement of a pagan demon right in the Vatican Gardens. We've seen that same idol then processed in the Mass and placed before the altar where the holy sacrifice of the Mass is offered. We've seen them advocate for inculturating the Christian faith which is just a fancy way of saying incorporating pagan elements into the Catholic faith, which is the heresy of syncretism. In other words, we've seen by deeds and words what may be a tacit denial of the faith. Our blessed Lord only knows for sure, for only he can read what is written on their hearts. But the scandal these men have created has left the faithful around the world unquestionably angry. Is it uncharitable, then, to ask if they've turned their faith into something symbolic? If so, are they trying to do the same to the universal church? For if they do not believe literally in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, on, of his resurrection, of the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves here and just ask the basic question. Do they even believe in the divinity of Christ? And I have to ask this question because if they're truly pledging, in blood from the looks of it, to impoverish the church, to turn it into a social services agency that assists the UN and NGOs in implementing secular, sustainable development goals, can they possibly believe? Are they to be counted among the faithful at all? If they believe the Eucharist to be a symbol, if they believe that the Bible is a collection of wise allegories with little to no basis in history, then they aren't Christians in the slightest. And I have to ask these questions because of what is coming to light. First, we know that a sec of recommendations has been leaked, and we know that they're going to be given to Francis to consider. In the past, he has accepted some recommendations of synods and rejected others. While that is hopeful, we also had a Morse Laetitia by the end result of a synod, so anything is possible. And quite frankly, the track record isn't that promising. The use of mercy without justice in recent years leaves me anything but hopeful about immediate actions being taken by those in leadership to stem the worst of the heretical and heterodox ideas these modernist maniacs are promoting by exploiting the poor indigenous peoples of the Amazon. One thing we do know, by the admission of Bishops Krautler, one of the German Amazonian Synod's so-called fathers, the document is already written, and the best part is that no one knows who wrote it. I have my suspicions that it was written by the NGOs, just like the Instrumentum Laboris was written by Repem and other NGOs in the months and even years leading to this catastrophe. Among these are figures like Jeff Sachs, the Ford Foundation, and numerous other groups. It's also an open secret that UN observers have been seen at the Synod, and that the papal nuncio to the UN has been especially vocal about it. Which all begs, all begs a lot of questions, like, for example, why does the UN care at all about the ability of the indigenous peoples of the Amazon to receive the sacraments? Unless, of course, that's not what this is about at all. 
And we know it's not because one of the bishops of the Amazon bragged about how he hasn't baptized anyone in that region in like 50 years and would refuse to do so in the future. So this isn't about the sacraments. This is about something else. And I suspect it's about money and remaking the church into the image of the world. See yesterday's video for more on that. But if that is the case, then this is the false church of prophecy that we're seeing birth before our eyes, or, a very, or at the very least its forerunner. Again, only our Lord knows for certain. As evidence for this possibility of being the false church of prophecy, or as some have said, the continuation of that project that began at the Council in 1962, the Catholic News Agency reported that on Wednesday at his general press conference, Francis said that the church isn't a fortress. It's an expandable tent that can make room for everyone. A church that doesn't have its doors always open, or that isn't on the move, is not a church. A church on the move. On the move to where? And by on the move, does he mean evolving? It's an honest question because a church that is always changing to fit the needs of the secular world isn't really a church either, for the church stands for the truth of Christ, and that truth never changes. But that isn't what we see on display now. The fundamental truths of the faith do not change, and they cannot change, for the truth is timeless. But again, do these men even believe? Do they really? Cardinal Muller agrees with my assessment, as he himself said that the Synod is pushing Christ out of the church. At the very start of this mess, Cardinal Muller said the following, quote, In Germany, they almost want to refound the Catholic Church. They think that Christ is just a man who lived 2,000 years ago. They maintain that he was not a modern man. They are convinced that he had none of their education. They therefore think it is necessary to fill in these gaps and that it is up to them to act. In a homily, Cardinal Marx asked rhetorically, If Christ were here today, would he say what he said 2,000 years ago? But Christ is not a historical figure like Caesar. Jesus Christ is risen and present. He celebrates the Mass through his representative, the ordained priest. He is a subject of the Church, and his word remains and stands true forever. Christ is the fullness of revelation, because of which there will be no other revelation. It is we who must seek to know it more and better, but we certainly cannot change it. Christ is unsurpassable and irreversible, and today this does not seem to be very clear at certain latitudes. End quote. Remember, folks, it's the German bishops pushing this onto the world, with the collusion of the Amazonian bishops whose minds and hearts have been polluted with liberation theology. Benedict XVI, in his address to the Apresita Conference in 2007, that was a precursor to this mess, gave a warning about this rejection of the faith for the renewal of paganism in the Amazon. Quote, the utopia of going back to breathe life into the pre-Columbian religions, separating them from Christ and from the universal church, would not be a step forward. Indeed, it would be a step back. In reality, it would be a retreat towards a stage in history anchored in the past. End quote. But Muller isn't the only one noticing these things. An obscure Dutch bishop named Robert Mutzerts, which I probably said that wrong, my apologies, made waves on Tuesday by pointing out the obvious. Here's what he had to say quoting the LifeSite piece, which really just quotes his own blog. The bishop called the Amazon Synod the most politically correct meeting of all time. Here's a lengthy quote where he says what others refuse to say. Quote, Missionaries are suddenly being portrayed as imperialists who have imposed their values on the indigenous peoples. Does this mean that these missionaries never meant anything for the indigenous peoples? They risked their lives to proclaim the gospel. How many martyrs are there now? They went in the into the jungle to obey Jesus' command to proclaim the gospel unto the ends of the world. The missionaries were all too aware that they had to meet the physical needs of the Amazonian people first. They fought poverty. They built hospitals. They built schools. This attitude 
led to people becoming curious about what they actually had to say. These missionaries knew that God does not speak through trees. Some synod participants make different noises in this regard, and that sacrificing children is a horrible thing. They showed the indigenous people a way out of darkness and fear and gave them access to the sacraments. To suggest that the missionaries were not concerned about the welfare of the people but were driven by imperialist motives and self-interest is truly bizarre. Just as bizarre is the idea that we have now suddenly seen the light and realize that it is all about something else. Mother Earth global warming, CO2. All this has nothing to do with compassion for indigenous tribes. It is becoming increasingly clear that the Amazon Synod is being misused to push through a hidden agenda. Celibacy, it is suggested, would be incomprehensible to indigenous men, and that's why we're introducing the married priesthood. How strange, after all, that for more than a thousand years, people of all times, races, and cultures have accepted celibacy, but the Amazonian people would be incapable of comprehending it. Are they just too stupid? Is that as what being suggested? What kind of strange discrimination is this? Of course, there is also a plea to open up the priesthood to women as well. End quote. So, are we seeing the rise of the false church? Most of the prophecies of the false church tell us that the false church will focus on the worship of man, that it will be pagan in nature. This, of course, would be a precursor to the arrival of the Antichrist. There are a lot of implications in that. All of that point to the need to be in a state of grace and to live a life of faith, being prepared to receive the white or red or both crowns of martyrdom. But that may also be centuries off in the future. N no one knows for sure. One thing is for certain, though. This is all in opposition to the traditional understanding of what the Catholic Church is. Notice how very little they've mentioned Jesus Christ or the saints in this synod. The whole thing looked like a conference of sustainable development nonprofits that were for some reason concerned with the spiritual well-being of the indigenous peoples, which some nonprofits are. And that's the point. The aim of the synod is to promote a worldly agenda that few will recognize as Catholic once it appears at your diocesan parish. And it will. That much is, all, is certain. Finally, in closing, I'm going to leave you with the words of Pope Pius XII. This quote comes from paragraph 66 of the papal encyclical, which will appear on this channel tomorrow, which is on the mystical body of Christ. It is a warning from that pope to any who would try to betray the church. Quote, And if at times there appears in the church something that indicates the weakness of our human nature, it should not be attributed to her juridical constitution, but rather to that regrettable inclination to evil found in each individual which its divine founder permits even at times the most exalted members of his mystical body, for the purpose of testing the virtue of the shepherds no less than that of the flocks, and that all may increase the merit of their Christian faith. For as we said above, Christ did not wish to exclude sinners from his church. Hence, if some of her members are suffering from spiritual maladies, that is no reason why we should lessen our love for the church, but rather a reason why we should increase our devotion to her members." Certainly the loving mother is spotless in the sacraments by which she gives birth to and nourishes her children, in the faith which she has already always pre preserved inviolate, in her sacred laws imposed on all, in the evangelical counsels which she recommends, in those heavenly gifts and extraordinary grace through which the inexhaustible fecundity she generates hosts of martyrs, virgins, and confessors, but it cannot be laid to her charge if some members fall, weak or wounded. In their name she prays to God daily, forgive us our trespasses. And with the brave heart of a mother, she applies herself at once to the work of nursing them back to spiritual health. When, therefore, we call the body of Jesus Christ mystical, and the very meaning of the word conveys a solemn warning. It is a warning that echoes in these words of St. Leo, Recognize, O Christian, your dignity, 
and being made a share of the divine nature, do not go back to your former worthlessness along the way of unseemly conduct. Keep in mind of what head and of what body you are a member. End quote. Thank you for listening and for your support. Keep praying for the church. Sunday is the Feast of Christ the King on the traditional calendar. I have a special upload for that day. Remember that the victory is already won. I'm Anthony Stein. Viva Cristo Rey.